G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hello, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. Remember, you can hear 2020 weekdays on Vision from 10am Australian Eastern Standard Time. Well, Syria is dominating the news as the conflict continues between Islamic religious sects. The nations of the world are monitoring the unfolding of the crisis closely since the accusation that the Assad regime used chemical weapons in Damascus. A look today at the politics that's driving the conflict and why the US and other nations have considered an attack against the Assad regime. What seems unusual is that the West would appear to side with the rebels who've links to al-Qaeda terrorists. Elizabeth Kendall, Religious Liberty Analyst, is back with us today to help us understand the complexity of the conflict and what it means for Christians in Syria. Elizabeth Kendall, welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me. Elizabeth, Syria, all over our media, and uh, it's really, really a tragic thing that Christians have been caught up in uh, the fight between two Islamic religious organisations. Well, that's right. I'd, I'd suggest that uh, the the whole uh, the crux of the battle is, in fact, this you know this historic clash between the Sunnis and the Shiites. We've had this uh, situation in recent years where the Shiites have uh, been able to uh, become ascendant because of the situation in uh, in Iraq, predominantly, and since the Arab Spring, we now have the Sunnis ascendant. So, and the real clash is taking place now in Syria. But of course, what's the reality on the ground is that Syria is a highly diverse country uh, with uh, a large uh, Alawite minority and a large Christian minority, as well as Druze, Druze minorities. Minority, and uh, you know these uh, these religious minorities are just stuck in the middle of a really terrible, terrible situation. Uh, let's just get this in context because the uh, ruling party there and uh, President Assad, he is a Shiite with those connections there and that support that's coming from Iran because that's a, a Shiite-governed country. Is that the way that uh, that works? Uh, a little bit. It's a little bit more complicated than that and it's quite interesting, really. You see... Uh, Bashar al-Assad, in my book, is he's no Saddam Hussein. He's no uh, he's no monster. Uh, in fact, he was uh, in London working as an ophthalmologist with a British-born wife when his father died and was called back to take up the reins of leadership in Syria. And he was a very reluctant leader. Now, I'm not undermining the fact that um, in the Middle East, these countries have been traditionally held together by a very firm grip. Uh, they're explosive countries. They're fault-line countries. And uh, they've usually been held together by a very firm grip through security forces who uh, crush any political dissent very, very quickly. 
Now, the situation with Syria was at the end of uh, World War One, when it be, when it came under uh, a French mandate. The the French and the Allied forces they put minorities in control here to try and keep the Sunnis in check. And over a period of some generations, the uh, minorities grew strong, and it was the Alawites who really became very strong and came to dominate the military with the help of France, who favoured them, all for the purpose of keeping the Sunnis in check. Now, uh, the Assads are part of this Alawite uh, sect. They've always been regarded by all Muslims as heretics. There are some really uh, strange aspects to the religion. Uh, They also are quite Christian in many ways. Uh, They celebrate Christmas lavishly. And Christmas on Damascus is apparently a real uh, event. And so the Muslims have always viewed them as heretics, you know, worthy of death. But in the the 1970s, I think it was the late 70s or early 80s, there was a Shiite cleric in Lebanon who recognized the strategic significance of Syria in that this could form part of, you know, the Shiite crescent linking over to, uh, linking through, you know, the Shiite majority in Iraq and into Iran. So this Shiite cleric proposed <clears throat> that the Alawites be recognized as Shiites and brought under the protection of the Shiites, uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon and the Iranian regime in Tehran, uh, and that would protect them. And in exchange... Uh, Syria would become part of that Shiite axis. So it was a we'll protect you if you, you know, join us arrangement, and that's what Assad did. So I would, I actually see him as being a little bit different to both Hezbollah and the Iranian regime. He's in that, he's in that alliance primarily for the security and livelihood of the Alawite people. Uh, so that's what puts them into that axis. And his, He's, but he's very much a uh, persecuted minority representative and that government has always uh, maintained religious freedom, if not political freedom. Let's talk about the uprising that's happened there in Syria because if you've got the Alawites under the umbrella of the Shiites, uh, then you've got the Sunnis who are rising up. Is that a simplistic way of talking about it? Because the rebels are coming from a Sunni base. That's right. Now, the, the protests were initially uh, very much about, you know, uh, wanting better, uh, more openness, more political representation, uh, more freedom of speech, better standards of living. But it was really, really quickly hijacked. I'd say within weeks it had been hijacked by Muslim Brotherhood and ascendant Sunni forces. And then over time, mainly because the West took sides very early on and started sponsoring the rebels, uh, this became a real battle and uh, the jihadists started flooding in. To be honest, I believe that if the West had never got involved and had stayed out of it right from the beginning, it would have been over in, in a weeks or months and Assad would have put the put the protests down and, you know, we could have debated from there. But uh, it, it would have saved the lives and the livelihoods of millions. Elizabeth Kendall, stay with us because I'd like to come back and talk some more about the West supporting the rebels uh, because of that 
Sunni base and about Sunnis because, as I understand it, that's uh, also the uh, the area of Islam that has given birth to uh, a lot of the terrorism around the world. Uh, we'll come back and talk some more shortly. You're listening to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We're back talking about Syria and the conflict continuing between Islamic religious sects. Religious liberty analyst Elizabeth Kendall's with us as we explore the politics that are driving the conflict and why the US and other nations may use an attack against the Assad regime. Elizabeth Kendall, in our last segment we were talking about the Sunnis having the support of Western nations. And this is confusing. How do we understand this position of the United States? Uh, Yes, it's mostly connected with issues uh, like oil, and who buys uh, military aid from who, and, you know, it's all connected. It's got nothing to do with, um, you know, like agreeing with ideology or anything. It's all based on money and and politics. So America and uh, France and the UK, they're allied to the the Arabs and to to the Saudi Arabian Gulf Arab Sunni axis, whereas Iran and uh, now Iraq and Syria and uh, Hezbollah, they are a different axis. We'll call them the, the Persian-Shiite axis. So we've got these two different axes, and America is allied with the Sunni Arab axis. In our last segment, you mentioned that had the West stayed out of becoming involved, uh, then things might have worked themselves out in there. But uh, has Western involvement, talking about the United States, uh, and other nations that have been contemplating the support of the United States in its uh, military efforts, if they'd stayed out of it, would this be uh, unravelling in a different way? Uh, yes, it would have been over very quickly. And uh, all the uh, Western uh, support of the rebels has done has kept the, is that it's kept the conflict going now for two years. And... Uh, the thing is that the America and the West and the Saudis, they don't want to stop. They don't want to get back out of this because they are absolutely convinced that if they can hurt Syria, if they can bring regime change into Syria, then they can hurt that Iranian Shiite axis. So that's what it's all about. It's all about Iran. It's not really about Syria primarily. It's about hurting Iran. Um, uh, there's no seem, no it doesn't seem to be much concept amongst uh, the Western backers that this is going to come at the cost of the Christian minorities in Syria, uh, which is a, an absolute tragedy. So the West has been determined from the beginning to hit Iran by hitting Syria, and um, and now we've got this whole situation where there have supposedly you know been well there has been a chemical weapons attack. Uh, in Damascus, um, America has very quickly uh, stepped in to say that Assad did it, therefore, you know, we must retaliate. But actually, all the evidence uh, points to the rebels having perpetrated the attack themselves, and they are actually the only ones who could gain from such an attack. In all of the violence that's been unfolding, the humanitarian crisis has continued to compound. Refugees flooding out of Syria across the borders, uh, and amongst those, Christian refugees. Oh yes, there's been, um, I think there's about 2 million refugees now is the number. 
there's been a massive influx just in uh, recent, in the past months or uh, four to six weeks maybe, of um, uh, refugees coming from the uh, the northeast, which is the Kurdish and Assyrian region of Syria. That's been basically abandoned by the government. Um, it's uh, predominantly Kurdish uh, and and Assyrian. And the Assyrians and the Kurds are fleeing um, as Al Qaeda comes in. Al Qaeda is being backed uh, in the northeast by Turkey, because Turkey is seeking to put down uh, any sort of Kurdish ascendancy. So, um, in fact, when the uh, Al when uh, the Al Qaeda group uh, Jamaat al Nusra came into the northeast uh, about a year ago, they actually came in in tanks. Uh, Turkish supplied tanks. So we're not talking about, you know, like, you know, uh, cave dwelling militants with a Kalashnikov. We're talking about uh, Al Qaeda militants with tanks and uh, rocket launchers and um, anti anti aircraft uh, batteries. Everything. It's um, a very very nasty battle indeed. Elizabeth, I always like to ask you perspectives when it comes to prayer. Christian people around the nation who like to uphold global issues like this in prayer, how do you say that Christians should pray for the circumstances that are going on, given that nations are being caught up in this whole process of what's happening in the Middle East? And there must be a way that Christians ought to be praying. Yes, I think we need to be praying both for the Christians who are in the middle of it, the Christians of Syria who are stuck there, besieged in Aleppo, uh, fleeing violence in the northeast and uh, facing the prospect of uh, escalating violence in Damascus and other regions. Uh, We need to be praying for them that God will sustain them that the Holy Spirit will uh, just will fan their faith into flame. I'm sure their faith can be severely challenged by these things. And that, uh, you know, I, I even think too that Christians would have the great, great blessing of being able to witness to Muslims. You know, I, I hear these stories. Sometimes I got a, an email from a, a Protestant pastor recently who said, um, you know, they've been receiving some funds from Western uh, donors to enable them to just survive cause, and to find food on the black market. And uh, he had Muslim neighbours. In fact, the neighbour is a Muslim imam from the local mosque. And uh, this Muslim family, their their home was destroyed. They had no money. They had nothing. So this pastor has taken the whole family into his own home. And uh, his, I, you know, I pray that he has the the privilege and the joy of being able to lead this family to the Lord. Um, uh, things like that are really important. I, we also need to pray for uh, the situation in Western nations that our our the, our authorities um, and the people who lead our nations and make policy decisions that they would be awakened to truth and to reality that they would become uh, caring, not just of uh, maybe some vague geopolitical aims that they think they might be able to achieve, but that they would actually care about the, the Christians, Christians on the ground and uh, people who are going to be suffering as a result of their policies. Uh, so if we can pray for, uh, pray for an awakening in the West, uh, that we will be uh, sensitive to propaganda and be able to... Um, you know, sift 
through the propaganda and come to a position of truth. May the Lord just open our eyes and, uh, and lead us. Well, Syria is itself a Bible land. It was on the road to Damascus that Paul had that wonderful encounter with Jesus. And it was in Antioch that uh, the Christians were first called Christians. Uh, it really is at the center of uh, something of the history that we have as Christians. Uh, Elizabeth Kendall, I'll point people to your blog spot uh, where you can be informed about what's happening with the situation there in Syria. Elizabethkendall.blogspot.com.au. Elizabeth, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for sharing these things with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.